Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Shop Talk Show. We have two sponsors for you this week. Survey Monkey, which I have an interesting connection to today's show, which you'll find out about soon. But it's quite a nice little web app for building surveys. Who would have guessed it? That's at SurveyMonkey.com and Media Temple, the web host. You can go to MediaTemple.net or use our awesome tracking code URL, bit.ly.com slash ShopTalkMT. Uh, and it's, you know, use coupon code ChopTalk when you check out if you end up buying web hosting through Media Temple. That'll save you a few bucks. We'll tell you more about both of those excellent companies coming up on the show. But for now, let's kick things off. Shopamaniacs, you're listening to the 111th episode on our way to episode 123 of the Shop Talk Show podcast, all about front end web design development, uh, among other things. And uh, yeah, we do sound effects too. I'm Dave Rupert. With me is Christopher Coyer. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We have a special guest, D. Gil. Hi, D. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us. I've known Gil, or <laughs> Mrs. Gil, for a number of years now. Uh, uh, we worked at SurveyMonkey together for a little bit. So I used to work at Wufu, and then when, when, when we moved over to SurveyMonkey, um, Dee was there or just about to start, right? I, f- I can't remember if you, it was yeah, nearly started, the same time. Yeah, I just started a couple months after you guys joined. Yeah, and you're still there. I'm still there. Yes, which is which is good. It's an it's an awesome company growing like crazy. It's a super cool place to work. Every time you it hear is. about SurveyMonkey in the news, it's like SurveyMonkey now controls another part of the globe. <laughs> it's always some like incredible news about how how it's yeah. interesting. How well I was just wondering what the uh, state of enterprise form building is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's it's great. Going great. We're taking over the entire industry. Yeah. Sounds good. So uh, I thought what, you know, why we, I had you on is, you know, for many reasons incorporating that you're just an interesting person overall. (laughs) But when you started at SurveyMonkey, you probably wouldn't have been a very good guest for Shop Talk Show because (laughs) just because your, your job had nothing to do with the normal type of things that we talk about on the show, (laughs) which is finance. That's what you did. You were in finance at SurveyMonkey, right? Right, right. Yeah, I'm sure no developer wants to hear about accounting. So, <laughs> not that it's not interesting. It just would have been a weird fit for this show. But what was your job all about? How did you land at SurveyMonkey in that job? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, it was like my second job out of college. Um, I started out doing investment banking um, right after college, and I did that for two years. I started out in New York. And then moved to San Francisco. And what I did there was basically work 100 plus hours a week, um, <laughs> um, taking companies yeah, public. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, just like that. Um, we would take companies public, we would help companies acquire other companies, sell themselves. Um, so it was a really interesting time. Um, I worked with technology companies. Um, specifically in San Francisco, Palo Alto. And so that was my first big exposure to to tech. Um, and then usually you do that for about two years after college. You do the whole analyst program thing. And then it just 
gets to be a huge grind. <laughs> and so you're like, what else is out there? And I'd um, gotten to know some of the the folks that I worked with at smaller companies. And SurveyMonkey was actually one of our clients. Um, and so my ED talked to... Um, you know, the, the business guy at SurveyMonkey, and they're like, we're looking for a financial uh, analyst at our company. We're, we're growing, and we need someone um, to do that job for us here. And so did the whole interview process. And what I did at SurveyMonkey and the finance team was basically take care of their forecasting. So all their revenue modeling for, like, the next five years how much do we think we're going to grow? Which areas do we think we're going to grow in? Um, what do our expenses look like? Uh, how many people are we going to onboard? All that lovely jazz. Um, for board meetings with investors, I'd prepare decks, as they're called, about how we done. Like a bunch <laughs> of slides, right? Kind of like yeah, just, just like you do, Chris. Yeah. I've seen some of your slides. I'm like, wow, that's so impressive. But, um, but with, <laughs> but these are full of numbers and charts and stuff to try yeah. to get the people in the room to understand what's going on and understand if this is a good move or a bad move. And yeah, right. yeah, exactly. So you know, at the board meetings, we'd pitch our ideas for what we're going to go into, like which new business areas we're going to go into, because obviously there's a threshold of of growth that you want to get to over the next couple of years and and what have you. So we'd pull together numbers for that, how much it's going to cost, how much revenue we think it's going to generate, yada, yada, yada. So that's what I used that to do. That was your job. Yeah, that was my job. Which yeah. I'm sure is pretty interesting to, to I don't know, to the, the yeah. people in here. And, and it, it's not that you hated it, right? You found no, it no, yeah. no, I did. I, it was really cool, actually, because, um, you know, one of the, the big, like, spiel about doing a job like that is you get a ton of exposure to the folks that make those kinds of decisions. So like the CEO and the CTO, when I was um, building the forecast for the next quarter, we'd have to bring in the CTO and ask her if she thought that that was doable, how she was going to structure the product so that she could achieve those goals. And then, you know, so you got to be in those conversations and give those folks numbers that were going to actually help them make the right decision. So I always felt like that was really cool. And I tried to do a really good job of, of giving them real numbers and being super transparent and trying to be realistic because obviously that had an impact on, on all the employees um, and what they were going to do over the course of the next couple of years. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was really cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah, and so and it's not you know it's not gone from your life. You don't you haven't just because you you changed, which we'll get to in a minute, doesn't mean that you forget everything you knew or whatever. You right. Still. No, it's funny. I, I, I mean, like donut charts. I think they're super rad. I love charts too. <laughs> I love charts too. I mean, I did it for four years, and you, it kind of molds who you are. So I'm a pretty OCD person <laughs> because of making sure that the line is exactly right on the chart or the numbers look exactly the right way, which is probably kind of similar to what you do, Chris. So, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, position relative top one picks, uh, CSS <laughs> joke, NBD guys. Hey, so at some point you Excellent! <laughs> decided to, um, change a bit so like so first let's say what you're doing now so you're not on the finance team anymore at 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 survey monkey you're on the dev team 
Yeah, that's right. Um, so I'm an official software engineer. Um, I, funny enough, I actually work on the billing team at SurveyMonkey, which made a lot of sense. Um, so what I do all day, I, I, I tend to focus a lot more on, on backend stuff. Um, but so now I build features for, for the billing side of, of SurveyMonkey. So. Right. So there, that's a major transition from finance to dev and mm. you did it. And so I guess what, I guess we could do, you know, the two big questions are why mm. and right. how. Right. Yeah. So the why, um, I think that's always a really hard question for me to answer. Yeah. Um, because it's uh, like, know, oh, was this epiphany or, but it actually, <laughs> it was, a lot of stuff that came together kind of in a like random and almost very spontaneous way. Um, like you said before, I had met you guys and all the Wufu guys and I kind of got more exposure to how you guys built a product um, and what you guys did. So it was really cool to know developers and see exactly what you guys did every day. So I think that was a huge part of actually understanding why like being a developer would be interesting or, or kind of like what the benefits are. Um, and then within my job in finance, I kind of always knew that I, I wasn't going to be like a finance person for the rest of my life. Like investment banking was just like, you know, the coolest thing you could do at the time. Kind of like these days you hear a lot about how people who would normally go to Goldman Sachs are looking at Google or Facebook. And, ah. and so, yeah. So while I was in college, investment banking and consulting was a really cool, big achievement thing to do. So, you know, it's like, oh, let me check that out. And in college, I was really into our newspaper. I used to like run the business side of it. And so like, that's what I did with my life. So I wanted something business-like in the real world. And I figured investment banking was the closest thing. But then, you know, after four years of, of finance stuff, I'm like, this is cool, but what else is out there? And then, like I was saying, within those meetings with, with folks deciding on where revenue was going to go and, and how to grow it, I saw that the biggest lever they had was the product side. So it's adding new features, trying to like decrease churn by increasing engagement with like the analyze tool or, or what have you. So while I was reporting on the numbers and like pulling numbers together for where we wanted to go, I wasn't really impacting getting uh, to those numbers, which, you know, that's so a you nice can't... sentiment, right? Who, who would have thought, you know, b build yeah. a better business through building a better product? <laughs> yeah. Weird, huh? Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, so now you get to affect the product, which affects the numbers, which is exactly. Cool. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 a it's a really different place to be in because on the finance side, I had this big picture perspective, and I knew exactly what was happening in every piece of the business. And now it's actually like a very siloed version of of getting to that growth. I work specifically on billing stuff on payment methods and you know making sure we're processing the right credit cards in the right countries and you know oh, yeah. so it's it's a very siloed version of, of of that big picture but it's it's basically a different way to kind of approach the same concept i guess if yeah. that makes sense that's interesting you, you know kind of you didn't yeah you didn't wake up one day and be like i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna change everything but you just because you're interested in this general yeah. concept of business and growth and stuff you can 
get it from different ways. And exactly. this is the new way. So at some point, though, it, it had to come up like, hey, yeah. I'm actually interested in maybe changing my careers here. Yes. Can yes. I do that? And, and, and that conversation happened and it was basically a thumbs up. Yeah, it was a, a huge thumbs up. I um, talked to a bunch of folks at SurveyMonkey, and it was, SurveyMonkey was a lot smaller back then. It's It's been growing quite a bit lately. But um, so back then, I talked to a bunch of people in different departments because I, I knew I wanted to do something different other than finance, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I knew I wanted to be closer to the product, but I didn't know how. So becoming a developer was like going off the deep end, like the total one extreme end of the spectrum. But there were other options too. Like it made sense for an FP&A person to go into business development and business development folks think about growth and figure out like which features we need to build next and if it makes sense and stuff. So that was kind of a natural fit. And then there was like product management. And I talked to some product management folks. And, you know, that was more product centric, but, you know, still using all the like analytical skills that I'd built up over the course of the last four years. Um, and I talked to all these people and they were all super supportive. And they're like, you know, you we like having you here. We want you to, you know, grow and, and find something interesting to do. And so everyone was supportive. Um, but like the real like epiphany moment came when our um, now VP of engineering, uh, Will, at a happy hour <laughs> after work, I was like, oh, so you're interested in technology. I hear you've been like, you know, reading about it at home and stuff. So and if, if you're really interested in this, we're fully supportive and, and we'll make it happen for you. So at that point, it would have been silly to kind of turn that kind of offer away. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh, it's lubed like, up Will hooks it up. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing like that. But No, but, I yeah. know. But it was cool that he was supportive. And Yeah, it was, yeah. it was so strange. I was like my God, I can't believe you're, you're offering this to me. And obviously there were like more conversations to be had. And, you yeah. know, even, even Selena, our, our, our CTO was like, are you sure you want to do this? Have you thought it out? And she just, she's like, I want to make sure that you're thinking about this and, you know, this is the right career move for you. And so she was super supportive and, and, and just, you know, making sure yeah. that I, I was doing the right thing. So And then so at some point it came up that maybe I'll jumpstart this thing by mm-hmm. going to, you know, instead of having to learn every every detail. Because you're essentially starting from scratch. I mean, I know you'd learned yeah. some at home and stuff, but you needed yeah. to learn about loops and stuff, yes. you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I remember my, like, first introduction to, to GitHub I was like, oh, my God, what is this? Um, and thinking back, that was like over a year and a half ago. Um, and now Git is just like part of my everyday life. And I, I don't I don't yeah. blink when I when I think about <laughs> it. But at that time, it was That's just pretty like, quick. Ah, I mean, it takes. A, eh. Yeah. But so but, but uh, so we can move into the. Um, yeah. The Hackbright thing. That, that's the that's the thing of it. Can you give us the background of how that went down and how yeah. big of a role that played or whatever? Yeah, sure, sure. So um, Will actually su- suggested Hackbright because um, it's it was the only like uh, dev boot camp at the time that was teaching Python. Um, and SurveyMonkey is a Python shop, so it made sense 
to do that. Um, and what's cool was actually SurveyMonkey had already begun hiring folks that were coming from Hackbrite. And Hackbrite's actually a women's only uh, dev boot camp. And we'd had an intern uh, who had been given a full-time offer from Hackbrite. So they were already kind of investing in in people coming out of Hackbrite. Um, and so, yeah, I was at home trying to like learn about GitHub and Pyramid and all these other technologies that SurveyMonkey uses. And I tried to like build a project at home and it was just super slow and super painful and just really <laughs> frustrating. Um, so when something structured like Hackbrite came along, I was just over the moon about it because um, I know that the development community has this you know, culture of kind of do it yourself, figure it out online and, you know, just keep working at it. And that's a great approach. But when you know nothing, it's really cool to go into a structured environment where lessons have been prepared for you, exercises have been prepared for you, and the teachers have experience in taking someone who has no knowledge about being a developer to someone who can at least use the tools and then like continue their education by learning on the job. So, so this was a brick and mortar place. You wake up and went to San Francisco and went yep. to a place with other human people and sat around and learned programming. Yes. There's, um, there were about 30 other girls there. Um, and we'd get there around nine or 10 and we'd like leave around six or seven. Um, so there was a lecture at the beginning of the class where the, the, the teacher would get in front of everybody, teach us a concept, like explain to us what Git was and, and how to mm-hmm. use it. And then we would um, pair up with another another um, classmate and then we would go do an exercise together in like this computer lab area. Um, and, you know, that would be intermingled with like guest speakers talking about what it was like to, to be a developer where they worked and stuff like that. And then some days we would have field trips to like Dropbox and GitHub and, and SurveyMonkey just to see what it was like, because the point of a, of a Hackbrite is to get you a job by the end of the program. So it, it's 12 weeks now. When I did it, it was 10 weeks. Um, so at the end of the 10 weeks, you have a career fair because in, in the last five weeks, you've actually built a project that serves as your portfolio to, to, for nice. recruiters. Yeah. For recruiters to look at, um, and, and hopefully help you get a, get a job as, as a, as a junior developer somewhere. Um, but I was lucky because I didn't have to worry about any of that since SurveyMonkey yeah. already had given me a They're job. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're going to let you go do this 10-week program. I'm pretty sure we're going to hang on to you when we're done. Yeah. that's. Uh, I find that very amazing just that your SurveyMonkey sounds like a great company to work for just because they – they're investing in you, right? They're giving you a new new skill. They're letting you go away for two and a half months, yep. but they're like, "Come back and you have a job. This is great." Yep. And uh, what I guess, if for people who don't have that, is like, is that does the risk go up, or how, how do you feel about that? It does. It does. I, I remember um, when I thought when I was thinking about becoming a developer. Um, at that time, I hadn't really spoken to anyone at SurveyMonkey about it. And I'm like, am I so serious about this that I will quit my job, 
go to a dev, dev boot camp and then try to find a job afterwards. Um, and that seemed a lot riskier and scarier than the way I got to do it. Um, but like you said, it's my situation was really unique and I was really fortunate that SurveyMonkey was willing to do that for me um, because the majority of um, the, the the women that I went to Hackbrite with um, did not have that. And so mm-hmm. what are they, their rates, though, when they when those people were done? Let's say they didn't have a safety net. What are their you know, if you if you put your, you know. Mm-hmm. If you gave it your all, they have like partners at Hackberry that was the placement oh, yeah. rate fairly high. Oh yeah, very very high. I think like at the time it was like ninety percent or ninety <laughs> percent. So maybe that's too high. Yeah. That might be too high. I don't know. Um, but, but still, no, it's not like it's not like twenty five percent or something. No, 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 not at all. And you have to remember that Hackbright and boot camps like Hackbright are well oiled businesses. Their goal at the end of the day is to get you hired because that's the only way they're going to get you know, the next class, the next batch of people to, to yeah. join their, their boot camp and, and pay them tuition. So, sure. you know, it, it's a, it's a very well-oiled machine from the very beginning. You're doing interview practices, you know, those guest speakers that I'm talking about, generally they're partners of, of a hack, right. Who like know that they want to invest in junior developers and want to hire out of that batch of girls. And so it's it's funny, like when you're asking questions, you're also kind of like trying to impress these folks in, in, in some way. <laughs> I suppose there's a little, little yeah. politicking in there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So speaking um, of tuition, it's 15 grand. It's not yes. nothing to go to these things, right? No, when I, it's funny, it goes to show like how high the demand for these places has become because when I did my, um, my class, it was only $7,000. So it's like doubled. Since, oh, wow. Which wow. is yeah. just a, it's, that's just a, uh, a product of demand, I suppose. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and their success, um, you know, definitely not everyone gets a job like the second day after graduation, it may take a couple months, but most people do tend to get jobs. Yeah, I mean it's if it's it's you know not it's not the same as college because college is you know it's four years and all, and yeah. all that stuff. But still, yeah, it's you know it's it, it's much less expensive and is a yeah. almost near sure ticket to a pretty dang good job. Definitely. Probably, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. There's there's plenty of people that have questions about these things, mm-hmm. uh, and. Uh, I guess generally your answer is that it was a good idea. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, a year ago I wasn't as, I probably wasn't as enthusiastic early. Yes, it's a great idea because I didn't know anything. And I Mm -hmm. went from like this job where I knew how to do my job and was good at my job to not knowing how to do anything. Uh, But now like, a year later, um, I can I can see how much more productive I've I've become over the course of the last year, and I can feel good about the work that I do every day. So definitely, it, it was a great idea. Cool, cool. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know, I, I don't know if there's that much more to say about that. I don't think we need to sit here and nitpick it. I mean, I'm sure if we drilled you, there might be things that you didn't like about it, but that, how that, how much does that matter to the point that you were able to use this thing as a springboard to change your career and ultimately are happy with it, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, pretty cool, pretty cool. So 
Um, what should we do, Dave? I guess like we could launch into a sponsor, so we have one of those. Let's do a sponsor. Knocked back. We have. Um, well, I'm going to do the, the 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 Media Temple one. So Media Temple is a uh, uh, web hosting software. Probably a ton of you have heard of it. I literally use it for for pretty much everything that I do. CSS Tricks is on it. The Shop Talk Show website is on it. Uh, all of my generally all of my websites use Media Tip, and I've used it for a long time, and I absolutely don't regret it. There, <clears throat> as well as having like super good server software that's that's super reliable and all that stuff. Anytime it's ever gone down, anytime I've exhibited frustration of my website being down, a it was my fault, and b they were on it. <laughs> you know, like it's it's very rare that you just like wake up and be like, my site's down. It's my host's fault. I should write an article about this. It's like it's like it's almost for sure not your host's fault. You know, like you did that. <laughs> anyway, not that it's not ever, but I feel like for the most part, it's because you did something stupid. Um. Anyway, they have they have their grid service, the GS or whatever they call it, where it's like pretty inexpensive and you can put like a hundred sites on it, and it has this auto scaling and stuff. That's pretty good. But I like the control and general power of their DV, their dedicated virtual plan. So that's pretty cool. They're really good at Twitter. So I know a lot of us like Twitter. If you have issues with their thing, you know, the, my technique through Media Temple is to. Uh, uh, open a ticket and then right away tweet them what that ticket number is. And they're like, we're on the case. You know, like that. And I find <laughs> it's not just me. That's anyway, they don't know who I am on Twitter. You know, they just, they just respond because they're very good at that. So that's pretty good. Use coupon code shop talk show for 25% off your first month of web ho- hosting. So that's, it is just mediatemple.net, which is easier to remember. But if you want to hook us up with your, the, what, using the, the one where it has all the tracking information on it to make it seem like we're good sponsors, which we are right. It's bit.ly.com slash shop talk MT. Go to there. What a, thanks for sponsoring. Media Temple. I really appreciate it. Well, guys, Guess what time it is. There's more to talk about about Dee's experience, which we'll get to later. But let's do the drama, get into some questions, and maybe that stuff will come out naturally. All right. So drama. Had a little bit of drama. We we had a very, uh, I would call it a high drama, high hot drama episode <laughs> uh, uh, in the Julie Horvath episode with uh, dealing with sexism in our industry. And then as well as the kind of, Brendan Eich Mozilla. It just happened to be the same uh, week. Unrelated incidents, but they were both totally high the drama. Same week. And, and we should say, like, I don't know if you caught it, but like the fact that like like we booked Julie in January and like we had no idea that stuff was going to come up. So and like we actually feel bad. Like that's like what we had to address. So uh, for bad for her, not for you guys. But um, but like uh, so it was just kind of like. We, that was sort of situational, but uh, there were some kind of tweets and feedbacks and stuff like that. But Chris, did you kind of want to... Well, it was to- mostly, you know, I th- it was mostly positive. In fact, on Twitter, it was overwhelmingly like, hey, thanks for talking about that. That was a good show, good guest and good stuff. So thank- thanks for that. And then there was, there was you know, a, a, a decent amount of, of peanut gallery stuff be like, this show is about sound effects, you know? <laughs> uh, not, not this stuff. And I, you know, I don't want to give the trolls a bigger voice, even though that's what I did the episode before that in a big way. But <laughs> but it was kind of just like, hey, th- we, I think Dave said it best was we were talking about this before the show. We all have to work somewhere. And there's, you know, I don't know. How- yeah, that's the thing. When people are like, this podcast isn't about sexism and stuff. It's about and it's divs like, and spans. It's about divs and CSS. And it's like, well, like a 
and this is kind of what this episode with D is about is, is it's, we all have to work somewhere like working with people. That's like a part of our industry. Like you can like to say like, it's not, you know, we weren't talking shop good enough because we addressed things like sexism. Uh, and what was it? Gave her a platform for whatever. I don't know. Pushing her agenda or something. Yeah. Pushing her agenda, man. We gave her a platform to push her agenda. It's, just like guy, I'm saying guys to the guys, but uh, <laughs> we have to like understand like our job is not just ones and zeros. It's like people as well. It's people all the way down. So yeah, no, I we'll think, deal with it. Yeah, I think you guys do a, a great job of of making the 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 show relevant to everyone. You know, the fact that you're talking about how to get into the industry is really cool too because, you know, sometimes I'll listen to your episodes and some of it will go over my head and I'm like I don't know any of that, but just the the variety that you have means that I can like glean something from it and and so it appeals to like a diverse group of people in in various parts of of their developer career. So that's Thanks, pretty awesome D. and pretty rare. Yeah. That's nice. So that that was part of of it, and uh, and I like that. And and I'm not going to apologize for having a, a, a conversation about that. That was a that was it was nice. It was great to have her on, and everybody was happy about that. Uh, but it just so happened to also land on the the Brandon Ike day, and people are you know it, all in all across the that was almost even a bigger issue. Of, of, I mean, this was on Colbert last night. Was it really? I mean, yeah, wow. totally. It's, I mean. You know, because it made Fox News, but like it's totally. And we got some um, emails about this too, yeah. about how we, you know, it was a very small part of the episode, and I, that we feels like it was dismissed a little early, and we probably didn't give it as straight of talk as we should have, and we are a little possibly emotional about it. And uh, I just, I, my opinion hasn't changed. I mean, just because I, I'm, I want to be clear about how I feel about it. I, it feels a little messed up to me. I feel like his opinion is, as a human person on Earth, that gay people shouldn't be able to get married. It just seems like that of the things that I've read, and that hurts me. I just feel like that's bogus, man. I do not like that. But of course he has the right to have that opinion. Of course he does. Of course. That's the whole point of this thing. But I have the opinion, just as he has that right, I have that same right to feel however I want about that as well, right? So we both have that kind of thing. And and a lot of people felt one way about it. And, and that's just the way it went down. But the, I don't know. Then I was, you know, not the I was hanging out with a bunch of my gay friends hashtag bragging or something. But this was like this thing that happened to me. I was like <laughs> I was like hanging out with like four of them. We were all at a bar drinking, and they were. And it was it was a weird moment for me because they were all like, I don't know. If there's one thing they agreed on, it was like general kind of displeasure with how that all went down. Kind of with this like, really, is this what we do now? Do we like if somebody's like voices a little anti-gay marriage thing? It's just mob riot time. It's time to start shutting down websites. You know, it was mostly like they they weren't like, yeah, we won this one. It was even they were were not all that into it. And I'm like, oh, really? You weren't like super happy about that? <laughs> but they, they just weren't because they're, you can't, you know, not they're, you know, just because you're gay, you're not all exactly the same. You know, you, they have different opinions about this too. And in fact, they were talking about gays against gay marriage. They have plenty of friends of them who are gay who are just like, we don't even like that stuff. It's just a bunch of, you just want us to sign up for your crate and barrel. <laughs> 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 Everything to you, like, 
that's not who we are. Anyway, I was like, there's a, there's a lot of diversity in this world. And there's a lot of diversity within the things that you think are little chunks of diversity. And it's way too complicated of an issue. Um, the, the Prop 8 thing is crazy. I mean, that thing passed. Eight million people voted for that in California. And to think that every, eight million people in California are just like these hate-filled balls, are, are that's a little too strong to suggest. And I'm like, okay, my mind is just reeling on this now. I don't know what to say about it. It's a very complicated I, issue. I was I, I was going to say like I I too agree with you, Chris. But like it is interesting to me that like one dude can basically become the fall guy for for Prop A or something like that, or or even like I'm conflicted that like one person's like political contribution where he was forced to give it, you know, uh, uh, like non anonymously resulted in him having to leave a job like that's very like whether it's it's on gay marriage or you know some weird issue it's very it's i'm very conflicted about how that kind of you know using the word lynch mob is is a little hyperbolic and and stuff like that it felt like that that, though to me but just this like you know whatever the like standing outside dr frankenstein's you know like you made a human out of wrong things and so it's just very, very, I don't know. That's why very it shocking. made for such dramatic news. Everybody had something to say because because it was such a crazy issue. I still, yeah. I, I don't have a, I can't just come down with an iron fist one way or the other. I just, it's too complicated for that. And that's the kind of thing we talk about. If you're uncomfortable listening to this, the last few minutes of this show, good, you should be. It's, just, it's, it's an uncomfortable place to be. I think you said it before the show. It's like, like we are not going to apologize that like we talk about uncomfortable things, right? Because that's like life. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to do that in life. So I don't know. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to some. I'm glad we wrapped that up. I said what I wanted and, to and say. And I'll, I'll come out and I'll publicly apologize for forcing you to listen to this. <laughs> yeah. Like. I I've like strapped you into a chair, put the iPod on eleven, and just Dave wants it to apologize for that. I personally apologize. That was uncalled for, Dave. Yeah, it was. It was over the top. It really was. So, <laughs> okay, we're gonna hear about that one. Uh, <laughs> let's do some questions. Andy Knapp writes in. My question is for D. I worked in advertising for nearly 10 years before transitioning to my current career as a front-end developer and sometimes designer, but I consider myself a front-end developer. Mm -hmm. Currently, I'm working with clients, all of whom are quite small, but I'm ready to spread my wings. There's nothing wrong with small clients, but I wanted to be a part of a team, both for the learning aspect and camaraderie, so I've started looking for full-time jobs and long-term freelance assignments. I'm confident in my ability to make websites, but I lack the experience of working on a development team and some of the requirements I see on front-end job listings, specifically a computer science degree, working with MVC framework, stuff like that. Uh, Is this something I should be concerned about when interviewing? Do you have um, other thoughts or suggestions for someone like me? Yeah. um, No, don't be concerned at all. Um, I didn't know a lot of that stuff when I started out at SurveyMonkey. And I think what's cool about being a developer is that there's a lot of on-the-job learning, which is rare for most industries. Um, I think the important thing is, is to find a company that knows what they're getting into. So, you know, like SurveyMonkey, 
hiring a bunch of people from Hackbrite. And, you know, we even had someone who was like in her like sixth year as a PhD student in political science. She did an internship with us and, you know, they're like, oh, you're great. Go ahead and transition into developing. Um, I think it's important to know the kind of company you're um, going to work for. And if they understand where you're at and they're willing to invest in you and have you learn on the job, then I think you're totally fine. Um, and another thing to remember is that developers are constantly learning. Like some of the folks I know that have been doing this for decades are suddenly learning how to like test their JavaScript in a different way and like learning to rewrite their JavaScript in a completely different way because there's new technologies coming out. So um, I, I don't think that that's anything to be concerned about. Um, just as long as you're honest during the interview process about yeah. where you're at, where you're at and asking the company to be honest with you about what they expect from you. And the fact that you already have a portfolio of work is, is huge. So they'll know exactly what they're getting into. So I wouldn't be too concerned. That's nice. I like the, the idea of, of, of honesty. Like, look, this is a bunch of stuff that I actually did. This is some stuff that I actually know how to do. Here's, there's some other stuff that I don't know how to do, but look at all this evidence that I can learn stuff, do yep. stuff. And that yep. honesty shows not only are you an honest person, which, you know, plus one, it's plus mm -hmm. two, like you're good at communicating and being clear about yourself. So that right. it's like plus two. It's like, oh, man, I think yeah. you'll be okay, Andy. Yeah. And uh, Chris, I think you had a really good point there. Any interview, whether it's like a programming interview or like an investment banking interview, they just want to get an understanding of how well you think and if you're capable of learning. And if you're able to exude that, then I think good companies will, will definitely hire you. Yeah. Good. Cool. Good luck, Andy. I think you'll, you'll, you'll be okay. Just get those interviews, you know, and, and don't like base, you know, like if one goes bad, you know, it's kind of one of mm -hmm. those things like you, that's okay. I mean, it wasn't meant to be. It doesn't mean the next one will go poorly. Yep. Okay. Ben Byford. How about that one, Dave? <laughs> All right. Ben Byford writes in and says, I'm mainly a front end designer, but love doing some leveling up a lot. Uh, anything from JS to Python to Lua to new CSS to HTML, et cetera, et cetera. I was wondering if you have any or if you have ever used any services like Code Academy and the like or teamtreehouse.com. Uh, <laughs> I've started writing lessons for Code Academy and I've got over 40,000 participants so far. Uh, I'm looking, writing more and wondering if professionals use it, uh, would recommend any of these types of services. So yeah, Ben does stuff for Code Academy. He's one, he himself likes to use those services to level up a little bit. What do we think about that? Dee, do you ever use those type of things to, to jumpstart learning or whatever? Yeah, totally. Um, especially at the, the beginning of learning about a new concept. So when I first started programming, Team Treehouse was my go-to. Like, I loved their videos. They were kind of wacky. Um, so Team Treehouse was really great then. Um, and then I've used some Code Academy stuff here and there. Um, I was trying to do something on, on Node with my coworkers after after work. But it's, it's funny as you go from being a complete noob to like learning little bits and pieces, I've noticed that I kind of like move away from Team Treehouse and, and Code, Code Academy and things like that. And I like start 
wanting to pair program more. Um, so, so then I, I try to like learn from someone at work who right. will like teach me something or, or what have you. So in the very beginning, I use those types of services. And then as I learn more and more, I, I try to like glean more from other people yeah. that know it. Yeah. From people. I wonder how common that is. If it's, if, if they're right to target kind of the beginner level, because the beginner level tends to benefit more from that type of thing. And then as you scale up, you kind of prefer, I saw like a joke tweet the other day from I guess Jessica, something that was uh, like number of times I Google a programming problem and want to watch a video. Not, none, not, not, <laughs> not ever. <laughs> well, I, I, I think they're great. Uh, I, I mean, I've used like code Academy. I've ran through their like JS stuff just to like, because cause I'm very, very self-taught, so and this is still self-teaching, but you just kind of want to make sure, like, you haven't missed, like, a kind of, I don't know, big thing. Like, I, I remember, like, two years ago, I learned there was, like, a math class in in JavaScript, and I was like, wow, that's really helpful. You can make random numbers. Uh, so I, that that's, like, helpful to me. Um, but all, they take a ton of discipline to like sit down and do a course. So I kind of, I actually, I admire people who can like get through the courses. It's pretty in, intense. It wasn't that videos were, are bad. I mean, I'm sure, I don't know, I guess we could, we could do a round table on this quickly, but like, I, it's not that I'm anti-video myself. I mean, I make them, I watch them sometimes, but I feel like the, the context that I watch them in now is, is almost like entertainment. I'm almost like, oh, this should be good. I don't know anything about this. I might even watch it from my couch on my Apple TV because I just want to like <laughs> soak it in. I just want to be like, I'm just going to listen to this person explain this. I'm not trying to type along with it. I'm not trying to, I'm just like trying to, be super hyper aware of it now and actually have seen it work. So that way maybe I'll reach for it in the future if I need it. And then when I'm actually implementing it, I don't want to watch that video again. I want to watch, I want to look at written content, copy and pasteable code, you know, quick, quick hit stuff. Yeah. So sometimes the, the hard stuff comes when you have a very specific problem and you're just trying to make something work. Um, and so that's when Stack Overflow is a lot easier to go to and, and videos are harder to, to, to glean anything from. So I think the more specific your issue gets, the harder it is to, to go to sources like that. Mm -hmm. So, Ben, yeah, we're all in agreement. Video is pretty cool. Those services pretty cool when they make sense for you. You know, just I don't know. It's worth trying. A lot of them have free trials, too. So that's certainly a way to go, you know. You don't have to. And I think it's a good way to get it, like a crash course on yeah. something, yeah. like Backbone or something. <laughs> Co code school. Oh, I still feel embarrassed about Backbone. Let's not go into that for the moment. <laughs> we got a sponsor. So just appropriately, we thought it would be cool to have SurveyMonkey sponsor the very episode that their employee D is on right now. But but <laughs> but so SurveyMonkey is if you you know. I'm pretty sure you can guess what it does. You make surveys on it. So, you know, back in the day, I used to work for Wufu, SurveyMonkey, who's, who's, who snapped up Wufu. And you can make a survey on Wufu, but you're almost better. If, if, the, if what you need that web form to do is solely capture the results of a survey, 
You're probably better off using SurveyMonkey because there's some survey-specific features that are just right up just a little bit better on SurveyMonkey, as well as like 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 there's things like what do they call that panel when you're like I I have I want a survey and I want answers for it and I want a certain demographic of people to answer that survey automatically. Like I could go find some people myself, but you have a whole bunch of people in these different government. Can you just find them for me and have them fill out the survey? Isn't that what panel is? Yeah, that's audience. Yeah, that's audience. 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 There you Panel's go. different, right? Or maybe they. Uh, they changed the name here oh, and there. But yeah, you described it perfectly. Cool. So that's that. Uh, they just released uh, an iPhone and iPad app too, so you can literally create and 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 put out into the world surveys right from your mobile devices now, assuming they're iOS, which of course they all are. <laughs> Jk, but that's what the, their native apps for those platforms, yeah. Yeah, and we're working on an Android version too. So okay. coming soon. Yeah. So SurveyMonkey, super cool app. D works there. They, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're really smart, you should try to apply there. It seems like they're always growing. So yeah, I'm yeah, we're sure. looking for developers. So really actively right now. I didn't just yeah, make we that are. up. Actively no, looking for developers at SurveyMonkey. What else can we say about SurveyMonkey? They have uh, free Red Bull. In the, in the they place. do. Yeah. <laughs> we are actually just, um, they just built a new building for us um, across from the Caltrain station in, in Palo Alto. So that's kind of cool. Well, so if you live anywhere in the Bay Area, San Francisco on down, it's literally yeah. right off the train stand. It's like 10, 20 yeah. steps from it. Is that open yet? It's not open yet, is it? Oh, we're moving in at the end of this month, actually. Oh, so. nice. So it's ready to rock yeah. and roll. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Oh, I can't wait to visit it. The building you're at is kind of cool. So, like, this one should yeah. be even cooler. Yeah, but uh, since you've been gone, Chris, like, people are, like, getting stuffed into the kitchen and all kinds of things. Oh, things. really? Oh, yeah, because yeah. when we were, we were pretty much just five and then, like, a little bit of four. And now it's, like, yeah. all kinds it's, of both both five and four. Anyway, yeah, that's some anyway. inside baseball there. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. <laughs> Let's, guys, 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 yeah. guys. We should make a survey monkey about survey monkey. <laughs> like, a survey. Like how do you feel about survey monkey? monkey? I feel like they've yeah. they probably have a few of those that they've done in the past. <laughs> Just a guess, but uh, they've probably used their own tool for feedback, I would think. Every quarter, Chris. Every quarter. <laughs> every quarter. <laughs> you know what's interesting? Here's a random statistic. Two million survey responses a day. So if you want to work on something of scale... That's an yep. interesting place to do it. Let's do another yep. question. Uh, Stephen, yeah, what do you got? We got an audio question, our favorite kind of question from Steve Morgan. Calls in to the Shop Talk hotline and says, Hey guys, what's going on? Uh, this is a little off the, the front-end development topic, uh, but I'm a second-year college student. I've been doing websites for a couple years now, and I kind of pride myself on staying up to date with all the newest technologies like Grunt, uh, Laravel, Gulp, all that other good stuff. Uh, but I'm wondering what you guys' opinion on going to college to, to be a web developer. Uh, now, don't worry, just because Chris Corder says so, I'm not going to drop out tomorrow. But, but I do strongly believe that everything that's taught in schools you know, is just so outdated. And it's hard, even in six months, so much changes. So it is hard to stay up to date for schools. But, you know, I'm a second-year student, and I've, let, I've yet to learn something uh, computer-wise since I've been there. And it seems to me that getting a, a computer science degree just puts you you know, four years behind everybody else in the web development community since it's outdated technology. But I'm wondering, what's your guys' thoughts on that? Uh, you know, what about programming boot camps like Hack Reactor and stuff like that or any other certifications? Thanks. 
All right. Well, we've we we've talked about this up? plenty, of course, but uh, but co- college specifically would be interesting because, especially as D, you did college and you did a dev boot camp, so that doesn't need to be mutually <laughs> ex- exclusive necessarily. Right. But the sentiment in there that if you go to college, you might be you might not only learn stuff, but you're four years behind people that didn't. <laughs> That's a I've never heard it put that way. Mm. I don't know. What do you think? You you went to college, right, D? I mean, yeah, I know yeah, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't for for programming, but it like I don't know. How do you feel about the whole college experience? Oh yeah, no, college is awesome. I mean, I was at such a like different place in, in college. Um, I mean, yeah, you, you learn a lot, but like college is just a great experience for you to like grow and gain exposure to other people and ideas and and so I think I don't know if college is just so that you can go get a job somewhere. I think college is more of a holistic experience than that. Um, I did economics. I, you know, I probably wouldn't have gone into finance had I not done college. And college for me was also a time to, to experiment. Um, I'm, I'm Indian. So of course I was going to be a doctor and then two years into trying to be a doctor at at college, I was like, no, not my thing. Let me see what I'm actually interested in. And that was like businessy stuff. So I ended up doing economics. Um, But it's interesting that you you had to go to college to even learn that you were going to change your mind about what you wanted to be. Yeah, that, so that's yeah. A, that's a point right there. I mean, if you if you don't go to college and you just decide you're going to go down this particular career route, what happens when you want to change? You know, I think college right. might give you a little buffer period where some of those changes are a little less intense. You know, yeah, right. I don't I don't want 17 year old Dave Rupert making any <laughs> life decisions for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I'm gonna do it's anime true. for life. Yeah, I'm gonna be an animator. <laughs> anime. No, that's a good job, actually. Andy Bud had a post that I linked to recently that I'm glad this was resurrected. As I heard AndyBud.com got destroyed with like the text something. There was some host that like went under. Well, anyway, they promised like lifetime hosting and didn't know. But apparently, it's been resurrected. But it was the blog article is called "My Advice to Young Designers and Developers," and it was kind of like a, a, a conflicting opinion about how it's kind of like if you just want a gun for it and just you're sure that you want to be a web developer, you know, it doesn't. What your educational experience doesn't matter all that much. You know, Andy as someone who hires other people, he doesn't really look back and care about their education very much. He cares about what they do, what they're capable of, what type of person they are, of course, right? Who cares about education? But you can grow up a lot in college. You know, college can be this, like as Dee put it, kind of a holistic experience. And, you know, there's plenty of growing up to be had and done there and stuff. There's there's things to be said for it either way. So there's no way we can ever, as much many times as we're asked this on Shop Talk Show, can we advocate one way or the other? And yeah. in fact, if I was pushed against the wall, I would probably say college. Yeah, me too. And what's uh, funny is it always seems like the other side is better in some way. So me having gone to a dev boot camp, I'm always like, man, I wish I'd gotten a computer science degree because they know all this stuff about networking and, and um, you know, sure. like theoretical stuff that, that I don't know about. And if maybe if I knew about that, then I'd be a better programmer. Um, so, and, and then, you know, the listener here is like, oh, I'm four years behind because I don't know about grunt and gulp. So I don't know. Yep. 
I, man, I went to college, uh, hung out a lot with Reagan Ray, my now coworker. We were roommates for a while. There was an incident with milk. It's a long story. Oh, yeah, how you can't drink a gallon uh, of it or whatever. You gotta be. Well, yeah, we did a lot of gallon challenges. Mm -hmm. It is hard. One time I, I left milk in our room, like, on a windowsill and didn't find it for like six months. But anyway, <laughs> long story college after I like went to Japan, I lived in Japan for three years, came back. I like, you know, hung out with Trent in college as well. And so like, and then, yeah, like my first job, like official paycheck after uh, I got back from Japan was actually working with Reagan. So like at the place he works. So it's like college gets you these weird networking things that you may actually rely on later in life quite seriously. So, uh, and it opens doors. It's weird doors too. Like I went to XYZ university. Really? Well, my, I went there and I was a beta gamma, gamma, gamma at the fraternity. <laughs> and then many. like, yeah, now you have a, like a, whatever, a boat because, uh, it does weird things is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's our standard answer. It always ends with Dave <laughs> saying something about a boat. Just, just <laughs> all and off the boat, if you will. <laughs> Nick Herr writes in, Hi, my name is Nick. I'm a student front-end developer in Orlando. As a person who is passionate about the community, side projects, work, and the people in my life, it's been a little hectic trying to find balance among all of these things. How do you manage to keep tabs on all the things you care about and stay passionate? Like, mm, my life is too full. How do I keep any kind of yin and yang in life? How do you do it, Dave? You have a son and a wife and friends Whoa. and a community. and Yeah, uh, I think the short answer is you don't. <laughs> um, so, uh, so it's tricky, right? I mean, and you just need to know, like, what your priority is. I mean, uh, for me right now, like, having a son is a priority, so... When I get FitVids pull requests at like midnight on Saturday, it's kind of like, yeah, well, <laughs> tough cookies, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Vimeo has like a one pixel black line. I'm, I have to like, whatever, babysit my, or not babysit because he's my actual child, but <laughs> I have to like care for my son. And so that's just, that's just life. And, and so you're going to have to like, prioritize that sort of stuff. Like if you're in school, like your job is to get out of school and get, you know, be become an employee at a company and, and score work and stuff like that. But like you have to, uh, you know, maybe side projects are a way to do that, but you just have to prioritize. And I that's think. a, there was a Cameron mall talk I saw once in that where he gets asked about how does he balance his life? And he, and he had a pretty cool answer. And it was this, it was literally your same answer. It was, I, I don't balance. I'm bad at balance, but I'm good at prioritization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it, you know, it leads to awkward conversations, you know, uh, totally transparent. My wife is great, but yeah, she might just be like, yeah, I wish you wouldn't like just hang out on your computer all night. I wish you'd talk to me. And then it's like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't, I'm not doing good. And so, you know, and, and that's, you know, you just have to like understand that about yourself and a lot of self-reflection and always be open to change. I, I think that's important. Um, yeah. That, you know, I've seen like people, you know, that prioritization thing, I've seen like people make like combines for their life. Like, like they do like, it's delicious. It's like, like a Trello like a board. 
Yeah, it's like it's basically it's like a Trello board. I don't know if you guys use Trello, but it's like basically you put ideas on this board and you rank them like in order of a importance. And left top is the most important, and bottom right is the least important. So you can kind of just like like lay out your life as weird as that is but like this is the things i want to do so what's more important than the other one it's pretty mm. pretty sweet naps would be right in the top left and <laughs> yeah i mean how much importance is sleep yeah. like if you sleep you you like don't get fat and then then you're happier like with your life it's dumb it goes all the way down man thoughts on life balance d yeah um i thought trello was a good example um i think you have phases and then within each phase you can prioritize a couple of things right so dave has his son and his wife so he's in family phase and probably going to prioritize those things versus a midnight pull request i don't have kids i don't have to worry about any of that so i can just stare at my computer screen all night long (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so that's the phase i'm in now where i'm trying to kind of like rebuild you know, my career and get to a certain point of proficiency. And so that's my priority right now. And kind of all the other things in my life get to get to revolve around that. But so I agree with the idea that there's no balance. I think there's a lot of uh, stories I've read recently about um, women in tech and specifically mothers in tech having a hard time like doing work-life balance. And this is like that whole lean in stuff with uh, what's her name? Cheryl Sandberg. Cheryl Sandberg. Yeah. Which is. Me and D went to her house the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Really? <laughs> no big deal. No big deal. They have a waterfall, though. No big deal. Yep. Yep. It was a big deal. Uh, okay. Chris, big didn't deal. you do the crocodile dance for her once? Uh, she was not there for that, I don't think. But I have. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm like sitting among like. There yeah, was an embarrassing moment where, uh, yeah, oh yeah, big time. Day. <laughs> it was, big it time. was at the Survey Monkey Christmas party, Chris. I specifically remember a crocodile dance. No, no, that was before. That was a totally different story. This one was where <laughs> we, I was dancing careers. It was a. Di- I was like, let's dance shoe cobbler. I was trying to invent new dances, and then I was, and then I asked her to do one, and like as I did it, like a drunken like piece of spittle flew out of my mouth. And I, and and I was so embarrassed, and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna dance away from you right now. If it hit her mouth, then <laughs> technically you guys kissed. <laughs> oh, I'm just oh my kidding. god! Right. Oh man! No, it was the um her, their their kind of housekeeper and life organizer um is is marrying Ryan, who is one of our original Wufu dudes, and uh, so they oh. threw a, a very super nice party at their house for the engagement party, I guess, and us being all friends yeah. with them got to go to that, and we were all very excited about it, and it was very fun. It was. That's cool. Cool. Uh, well, no, so I guess, sorry, back to the topic. The, she did, uh, or there's a lot of talk around those uh, in, in that scene and responses to her book and stuff about, like that, like about work-life balance and stuff. And they're good reads. I, yeah. I feel like there was a, an Atlantic article on it and I read the whole thing and yeah, it was good. She, it, it's uh, very... Oh, sorry, Dave. She, uh, oh, go ahead. No, no. She, um, she wrote Lean In like a year ago, and I just saw like last night that um, she wrote like a, a second edition, Lean In for Graduates or something, where um, it's for you know people just graduating from college, and she has like a bunch of essays from people about how they got 
the right job and negotiating for your salary and stuff. And so it's always an interesting read. Yeah, I didn't know there was a second edition, too. That's cool, though. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me find the link here. We should have shop talk show for graduates. <laughs> Just we're going to hit some other verticals with this. Yeah, let's hit some verticals. <laughs> All right. I guess I guess we can <laughs> hey. wrap it up a little bit. As we uh, plan our expansions, we should probably spin this episode down. Dee, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, for those who aren't already following you and uh, giving you money, how can they do that? And then what's the one big thing you'd like to plug? Yeah, sure. Um, you can follow me at M-D-E-E Gill at uh, Twitter. Um, the one big thing I'd like to plug is, um, CodePen. Um, yeah. works on it. <laughs> I have, I'm a big fan of CodePen and we were talking a little bit earlier about, um, going from the beginner phase of using Team Treehouse and Code Academy. And then as you, as you scale your learning, um, using different sources. And recently I've started using CodePen for learning like, uh, JavaScript graphing libraries and, and stuff like that. And so it's really cool to like take someone's code put it on into code pen see it work mess around with it um so i'd say my big plug would be for code pen io um you guys do amazing work recently launched team can't wait to see where you guys take it so yep. that'd be my big plug d is biased d is biased in more than one way in this call but i appreciate it very much <laughs> d is lives with and is in a relationship I'm with alex biased. who works with him yeah i i heard your podcast where you talked about scaling rails and this team features which took you like five months it's it's awesome it was the code pen radio show yeah Yeah. it's a great podcast too it's an awesome episode yeah thanks it's it's fun cool so Thanks again, Dee, for joining us. What's what's the thing? Don't you have a final thing? You already kind of did oh, it. Oh, yeah. Thanks, everyone, for listening in the chat room, coming out live. You guys are awesome. They also had the idea for uh, Shop Talk Show tote bags, which we may have to run with. <laughs> really mm-hmm. like it. Uh, and then uh, thanks ever- be sure to follow us on Twitter at Shop Talk Show. Be sure to rate us up in your little podcatcher there. And uh, we really appreciate that. And, Chris, you got anything else? <laughs> ShopTalkShow.com. <laughs> that was good. Thanks. <laughs> I have a stack of code pen stickers and I blew very hard through them like a blade of grass. <laughs> <laughs>